I'm Paula Messina, here with David Habshi on Status Hour. David was born, raised, and potty trained in Lebanon. He was passionate about mixing photography, illustration, theater, and music together, so he ended up majoring in computer graphics and animation. David is a founder and member of Warak, which is an NGO established in 2012, offering a space for artists, visual artists, animators, illustrators, printmakers here in Beirut. So David, thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me. Thank you, Paula. I wanted you to start a little bit just telling me about your early life. Like how early you wanted to be. <laughs> just gr growing up. I grew up in, <coughs> sorry, in Biblos. So it was more close to the sea, life is chill, uh, birds are singing. <laughs> uh, but no, actually it was a, a chill environment. Like um, we lived in a neighborhood that almost everyone knows each other. It's like it was like uh, to be a neighbor for them was such a thing. Yani, the door was open all the time. People were always, so it was a very warm atmosphere. Um, my parents came more from the background, like uh, from villages, so they had this connection with villages more than the city. And they, I, f I felt like now, after, uh, after maturing, like uh, I, f I see them, they never moved to the city really, like they kept this attachment to the village. And uh, this was annoying at the beginning, like to, see, to live in a city with, with other like uh, friends where their parents are more uh, connected to the city life and they are more adapted and suddenly you go back home and you have such a rural uh, life. But um, now I love it. Like uh, I love this uh, connection that um, they kept uh, with their parents, with their land, with all the originality they have, with all the things they know how to do and the sensitivity they have for things when they use it. So, so yeah, this is somehow the environment where I grew. And then uh, I, I moved uh, to Junia, which is one step closer to Beirut, <laughs> like it's in the middle, um, at 18 years old when I moved to, when I started university. So, and they decided to move out from my parents' place. And this was a big thing for them because it was not that common in here at that age. like people to move out from their parents' place. Like usually here, we, we, we'll wait till we get married in order to move. So at 18 years old, it was pretty, I had no reference like why I'm doing this, but I just felt like I need to do it. And I was constantly like doing projects, art projects on the dining table and, and the house. So it got really messy to the point that they told me, it's fine if you leave. <laughs> so yeah. So can you talk a little bit about these first projects, what medium were you working with or were you already exploring? I was, before university I was a lot into sketching, like I was really looking into fashion design. Uh, I was fascinated by, and that was that time where the emerging fashion designers, the Lebanese ones were, were popping out, like, and it was such an inspiration for us because I knew I had like, um, I had interest in art in general. None of my family had really something to do with art, but I always liked to do the scenographies in the school or the decor or like uh, all the art projects. And we used to do films and we used to get like prizes. We were really good as a, as a school group yani, at school. Um, and I was lucky to have like good instructors to, to influence me and to really support this artistic side. 
so the early projects were really like, if I want to talk at school, it was more of films, and I was I used to direct that, and uh, end of year like uh, theater thing, performing performances. And then uh, early projects, like if I want to talk about when I moved to the to the BA degree or the university, um, uh, I decided to go into animation because somehow, um, like this is a very complex medium and uh, discipline. Like it's it, it englobes a lot of other uh, disciplines. Uh, it, it has illustration. It has movement. It has theater, it has acting, it has VO, it has fashion. You, you are creating a whole world from scratch. So I was fascinated that there's something in here starting in Beirut. So I joined it. I joined the program very fast. Like um, I applied because I did the general science. So I was like, I applied to architecture and to engineering and to uh, computer graphics. And I was so happy to dismiss the others and just pick um, uh, computer graphics and animation. And yeah, I know, actually I started discovering more and more the medium by the year and um, I joined like professional entities like animation studios and different places that we used to luckily work all alternatively and this gave me a lot of push into how you can exist in an alternative way and not really the common commercial way of existence like agencies like uh, uh, so these people that I worked with they really had interest and impact and what you are doing like what is the meaning of what you are doing and learning a lot and uh, improving your skills as well like uh, so I had this chance to be technically good and to be able to have a critical thinking so all of these helped somehow to shape uh, what I wanted to do later on. And how long was this? Where was the course and how? It was a university major in like uh, NDU, uh, Notre Dame University in Louise, which is in Zouk Musbah, like a bit far from Beirut. This is where I moved to Juni because it was closer to this university. So this was like a three years and a half program. And but in the meantime, I was uh, working in Kaslik University with uh, DigiPen, which was a uh, the game design, uh, uh, they did the game design major in Castillo in collaboration with Nintendo and in America. So I was able to work there and this is where I was involved in a professional working environment that was not very common in Beirut, like to work under international uh, standards in animation field was something very new here. So I was exposed to that, which is good because I learned how to deal as a depart as departments and how uh, animation can be as complex as a structure. Like uh, um, each one is really responsible of one thing, uh, which was a good formation. Uh, but soon after, I, I I started operating differently. Like uh, I turned more into like uh, this independent animator that works almost on everything at the same time. And I had like colleagues that I collaborated with constantly. But uh, this was a different mentality. It was more of the filmmaker and animation that used to uh, create his own animations and his own films. And this is what I like now, like uh, to work more on animations as short films and cinematography uh, approach, less of like uh, just to uh, add information or infographic or this is the least that I like. Mm -hmm. So that was your experience in the in this industry with.
at an agency yeah. for using this art form. That was your only experience. Then you, you decided that's not for you. No, no, it was that not that soon. Like I, I worked in other studios as well, but they had always something slightly changing and changing in order to become even more and more alternative. Like the second studio I joined was Beirut Animation Network, BAN. And it was a guy called Alain Asnes who just came back from France and he wanted to establish something around animation in Beirut. He was very passionate. So you see the, the kind of people that I met throughout my career were all people who are passionate about this, what they're doing, which was a good example for me because I would have met someone who was completely like uh, just into business and very systematic and he doesn't really care about the medium. He cares about generating money and we have a lot in Beirut. Yani. So, um, so these people were shaped really how I perceive the profession and how I perceive the value of this discipline. So I became even more disciplined. Like I started uh, going to a lot of workshops. Like for me, workshops changed my entire professional life. Like uh, in Beirut and internationally. Like I kept traveling, investing all my money in going, attending workshops, participating, and then giving back here. So, for example, I went to Prague, took a puppet-making workshop for 10 days where I met a lot of international artists and we worked together. And then when I came back, I gave a workshop in puppet animation in Beirut Animation Festival. Uh, so this is how fast things were building up. Like, you're a student and then you become a professor and you allow yourself to do so because there's not much resources in the country. So we soon were shifting from like roles and this was a beautiful dynamic because people were feeling the need and they they feel they, they felt that this is sufficient somehow or this is fulfilling somehow a gap that they have whether whether it's skill oriented or approach or experience just by experiencing doing a short animation film for them was important because outside academic uh, uh, like uh, uh, experiences these people were, had no idea how to work in a team uh, in a specific time, like in seven days you have to come up with a scenario to direct, to create, to execute and to produce uh, a final piece. So uh, these were beautiful experiences like for the community in general. And there was a good supporting vibe in general in Beirut around that time. Uh, and uh, if I need to mention dates, actually it's going to be 2009. 2010, uh, where animation and illustration had a booming platform, like we had even some blogs that really pushed the competitive, beautiful competitive like uh, scenery. Uh, it was co called Kutub. It was a blog about uh, featuring a lot of uh, illustrators and a lot of people working in the field. So suddenly there was an eye on illustration and on animation and we had a lot of like interviews and press interest and TV even interviews so suddenly there was somehow a nice vibe people were very acceptable and like they 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 welcomed this very genuinely so it was nice we had a lot of workshops events um, funding project funded project funded workshops uh, so people can meet from the Arab world as well. So it started expanding slowly. Is this Warak already? After all these beautiful incidents and all these encounters and all these opportunities, we felt like 
Huh, there is a lot of opportunities, there's a lot of people we know, how can we make the connection? Because somehow before it was more of like pop-up events and we wanted to make something that works more as a reference for illustration and animation. So we created the platforms in order to have as well a space where these people can meet and it started organically shaping itself. This is why it kept changing and changing until today we keep changing the format because we believe that it's really made by the people and uh, whatever their influences are, whatever their ambitions are, this is always going to shape the, uh, the somehow the different activities. The vision is there, but we're fine with changing and molding into different stuff because if it doesn't do that, it's going to be as constant as a lot of things in this country and we don't want that. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about the moment this idea became a reality. I mean, who are you talking to? You know, where were you meeting to talk about this idea? How fast did it come to? Did it take many years to finally establish? Or no, actually, it started after a call for a funding uh, for creative industries by Bader Award. Uh, it was like an entrepreneurship thing, and they wanted to support entrepreneurs and new ideas in the creative field. So. Uh, we submitted Wara as an idea and uh, it got to the five finalists and then it didn't win. And people were so supporting that we decided that they should continue even if we don't get the fund. And uh, so we took some time after because the fund helped us shape somehow our ideas on paper. Like, خلاص. we put the name, we made the logo, we, we did the business model, we consulted people in a very fast time scale. So um, these things are good even if you don't like really make it, it's good for you to know what is feasible, what is not, what is logical, what is not. Uh, and if you're not someone who's, who has a background in NGOs and then uh, um, you do things very organically, so you need some trial and error time, that's fundamental. So we needed that time and somehow the proposal really made things faster. So we ended up with this clear vision and we wanted to make it, like however, wherever we wanted to make it. So we started looking for a space because we felt uh, the importance of having a physical place for people to meet because we were always constantly meeting a lot of different places and cafes. This is how we developed the idea. And uh, this is good like to change environments, but if you want to plan something for a long term and if you want to actually make activities that are about encounters, you can't every time like depend on other spaces in order to rent out or to, this is going to be a cost that you don't want. So we decided that let's make a common effort to find a space and then we'll see what happens. So this is what happened, we found this space. Uh, magically, like it was uh, the old rent, and we were the first ones to to rent it after, like the old rentees went out of the house after so so many years. Like it's it was a long story. Uh, so we we took care of the space, we changed it, and uh, um, and we started organically creating the activities. Until two years ago, we changed the whole formula and uh, it became even more structured. Um, I would say more disciplined, less structured. Um, uh, and, uh, and this is how we are still operating. And uh, we're trying constantly to find alternative way of existing. 
and doing our thing without really fitting into the international agenda of funding or all the other like um, governmental institutions. Uh, we really try to do something that whatever we want to do, we can do it here. There's nothing that uh, really stops us from doing it. And um, uh, it, it should be always a place for critical thinking and to reflect through visual art um, mediums and disciplines on societal problems, on things we always feel frustrated about, on things that we have a collective understanding and we want to share it with the bigger audience uh, through illustration, animation, uh, prints, uh, uh, books, publications. There's a lot of formats that we can play with. So this is where everything starts to be exciting. So can you tell me a little bit about some of maybe the most recent events you've held here, recent workshops yeah. and get-togethers? Yeah. Just so. uh, we have now a constant platform called Taban, for, for example. Like it, we created it a, a year and a half ago. And it's a printmaking market where we actually felt that people are not working anymore with their hands. It's not uh, tangible anymore. Like most of our things are digital. And somehow when it comes to production, you always end up giving your file to a production thing and they do it for you. So we wanted to re-question and to challenge this idea of the artist, the maker, who does his prints, who does his own stuff. Because production is not just a technical thing. It's as well one way of experimentation in the process. So it shouldn't end at this stage. Like we felt, no, people are stopping at a very early stage while they should experiment more with production in order to shape their idea and their whatever they are trying to say. So we suggested the silk screen room, uh, which was an equipped room that people can come and use. And we started giving courses and training sessions, even personal training sessions. Uh, in order to make an awareness around this, uh, the, this, this, this medium. And people started reacting in a beautiful way. They started really being interested in this medium. So somehow we tried to create first the community for it. For it. And then we decided to create something like in order to show what are the limits or what are the possibilities of this uh, medium. Because we're not perceiving it as just a technical thing where people come and print their own thing on t-shirts and tote bags. No, it was more about how you can use these flat layers in order to express certain content and certain ways, how you can adapt as a visual artist your idea into print using this medium. How, what can you challenge in this, uh, in this area? So uh, we started inviting artists that we believe that they would add something or a value to this project. And we created like somehow kind of um, a theme and everyone worked around. We were working around the city, Beirut, of course and uh, different people took like different sub uh, perspectives of the theme and they started coming here spending some time uh, we talked together we discussed things and then they produce and then at the end we created uh, the first uh, printmaking market here at this space and it was very popular very successful and this is why we created uh, we decided to push it more to become as a platform and not as a one-off event. So now it's a regular event where every time, like um, once a year, we invite a number of artists. Like we started as seven artists. The second event was 19 artists. 
and now it's gonna happen end of this year as well so uh, this is the kind of events we're trying to push for where you have you create some new opportunities uh, for the artists of the community in order to exchange their art form but uh, they can sustain as well financially even if it's a small amount but uh, somehow you're not taking art for granted like it should be free like or it should be with no value no we're doing like limited editions uh, we're doing uh, the value of the artist who's a maker as well not at a very affordable prices not so expensive because we don't want to make it as a luxurious thing at all, like this is definitely not our aim, but to give a value for the artwork as well. So, and we involve people in a lot of discussions, we do a lot of talks around these mediums, a lot of discussions about the process, so people know somehow why is this print different than other prints, why is this process different than other processes, how can I intervene in such a process, how can I add... A so all these questions, uh, they were not asked really then. It was not a need that we were responding to. We are trying to create a need around here and to somehow work on really pushing the limits in the uh, visual arts field and in printmaking in order to make it more verbal and as something recurrent in the art field so people discuss it and to have new mediums of expression for all these people. So this is one platform which is called Tawang. The second thing is the education program, Wurashwara. And this started from as early as we started the NGO, like from 2012. It's a constantly running education program where the, the formula is so simple and, uh, and sexy. Like uh, uh, we invite, sometimes people suggest other, other artists, sometimes we select, uh, it's different, but there's a, a selection criteria. And there's like a community, a committee that selects who gives a workshop or doesn't, and when and what do we want this person to give as a content? Because it's a, the formula is like either a workshop over two days intensive, or a course that spreads over many weeks, uh, and they have different approach. Like uh, one is more for technical support and uh, uh, for skill based, and the other is more to 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 really introduce the artist and to introduce the approach of this artist and how he perceives, what's his process. Uh, so we really wanted people to, to reconsider their processes because the only somehow way we learned about process was in university and somehow it was only linked to grading system, like you need to do this in order to get a better grade. And this is really not the the aim and we always felt like even as adults when we had discussions in the community like we always have this frustration of this grading system that is still in us even after graduating that we wanted to kill somehow and uh, so we started sharing more the processes of each one and building more methodologies like by now if you know how many people came and gave workshops like like over 50 artists they came and gave workshops and somehow in this small community, this is a big number of people trying to find different methodologies of, uh, of really transmitting their knowledge to other people. And this is somehow something that um, opens up opportunities uh, because it's all about education and how you transmit knowledge. And this is not the easiest thing at all. Like, um, we always try to, uh, to support the artist by giving him, uh, by like suggesting exercises or we develop the program together, even if it's a two-day thing. Sometimes it takes like a month of preparation 
just for to be have a really successful two-day thing. So we really care about these experiences. It's not really about calling the artist and come give something at the space and it's like just like computer skill. No, it's more about talking about what he does, what is the best thing that he can transmit for a group of people, who are these people, and how he's going to do that. Uh, he can in include theater exercising, include so many visual exercises. He can break up his, like, break down his process into so many layers, and then we can discuss how we transmit these layers. So it's a very exciting, even for us, like, um, uh, to talk up with all these artists and to to really try to uh, somehow figure out a way to transmit this knowledge. So. This is another thing. And then uh, there's the space itself, which is an open space for uh, visual art community to come and use the facilities here. They rent out the rooms for one day or two days or a week or a month. Um, and the idea is to have affordable production spaces that artists can come and work at these places. And you don't have to rent out an office like you can come for one day if you feel that you want to change your work environment you can still do it you don't have to take all your cutting mats and your cutters and your scissors and your printers to a cafe in order to be able to continue your project you can come to another co-working space where many, many people are working at the same time and it's always inspiring to meet other people when you're in the middle of your process to share what you're doing, to get ideas. So this is a beautiful dynamic that we constantly have in the space and we always want to push, like uh, our ideal scenario is to take the upstairs floor. <laughs> so for now you have this downstairs floor, which yeah. we're in right now, but there's also, are you renovating, is the top? The top, uh, we have neighbors uh, that we love and everything, uh, but uh, the old rent problem was like the same thing that why people in this floor, they left. So somehow there's the time where they're gonna leave the building, um, uh, but we are planning to actually have more equipped rooms and more production units. Like our aim is to even have residency places for these artists or international ones. But this will come at a later stage. Like um, right now, we don't want to push, like open up so many things that we're gonna feel frustrated at the end. We want to make it like slowly and like. Um, more like if you want uh, mature steps, baby steps, take our time, have more discussions, and then things will shape in, a, in their organic way. And can you talk a little bit about how you engage, I don't know, the immediate community of this neighborhood, Rasanaba, how you engage Greater Beirut? And then internationally also, are you looking to, you know, collaborate with organizations in other countries, artists in other countries? Yeah, uh, so to start with the neighborhood, actually we decided to live, to, to, to exist here because we were very inspired by the neighborhood. Like the, and when you talk about Rasanaba, it's really a very popular neighborhood. Like um, when you go out, there are markets everywhere, cheap things that you can buy. A lot of like the jewelry markets, markets we talked about, uh, the vegetable markets. Like you see everyday life, how it's supposed to be in Beirut, and um, uh, and there's a beautiful equilibrium in the neighborhood, like uh, in all senses, like in the um, social class, uh, in uh, in religions, and everything. There's there are people that have so many different backgrounds, so it's such a rich. 
neighborhood, even there are a lot of political parties like uh, that they have their centers and they are on the streets chilling and smoking cigarettes and they know that there are an art space happening in here but they really don't mind it. Like uh, when we first started, we had a, one clash when we had a party for a closing ceremony of a, a street festival. And we had a party here and uh, we saw like police coming and they were asking like, why are you making the party? And then this Hanan uh, Hajali, like this old actress, uh, not very old, she's gonna kill me if she hears old, uh, but like she's mature, she's from the age group that is really like a very modest woman, a veiled woman in a party goes out and talks to them they were shocked and they it was the, <laughs> the last incident we had like and uh, apparently some of one from the neighborhood that we just talked about like we we talked later on with him and we saw them so, so slowly and slowly people were started understanding what is the scope of our projects like what kind of things we do and soon after we did like a vintage market where we invited all these shops that they have all the beautiful precious stuff that no one knows about because it's not that common that people come to Ras al-Naba. Uh, so we did our effort to select the items from different shops, we invited these people and we did a, a weekend, uh, a, a market, a vintage market with the artist community and everyone who's interested in vintage uh, culture and it was very successful. Like these people were amazed that, oh my God, I'm selling the stuff that I never expected to sell. So um, this was a beautiful thing because they saw even the potential of them understanding the value of what they have uh, because they were exposed to a different community that appreciates what they do. Uh, and then we had like constant activities. For example, we had open day events like the silk screen open day where people are invited, families, we tell our neighbors to bring their kids, even if we don't do many activities for kids in the space, but these are the days where we dedicate them to families <clears throat> because families and they are the future generation somehow so if we don't work on that end it's going to be a losing case for us as well so uh, these open days are always created for families and for the neighborhood and for other people it's really they are open days and uh, so this is somehow the link with the neighborhood we want to expand more and like work with other people in the neighborhood like foundations and you have a lot of people who have power have their communities why not collaborate in order to spread uh, art within these communities so this is our future step but uh, for now we're happy to already being here like peacefully existing and uh, enjoying our time in the area and then when it comes to Beirut, like we're collaborating constantly, like this has no question with other spaces, uh, like even like when we move out the exhibitions from Betwara, we go exhibit elsewhere. Uh, we have very good relationship with a lot of associations and like um, theater groups or like visual arts uh, groups or like publishers, um, collectives. Uh, we, we're really connected to the community. Uh, because this is how, somehow why we existed, like uh, out of really making uh, this networking um, do something. So we're constantly building these networking um, or going to events or um, participating or funding something or trying to support uh, someone. Uh, and uh, the Arab world is something that uh, 
we constantly uh, reconsider and uh, we constantly actually consider uh, and we constantly attend events or talks or exhibitions uh, um, when it comes to workshops as well, we always do collaboration with other institutions and we do the programmation. We send artists from Lebanon in order to participate in uh, some regional events. So um, this is something that uh, we love. We did a lot of activities in Arab countries and somehow we prefer to start regionally and then expand internationally. We feel we have so many things to share as we have so many common things that we can really influence each other's on the value of how to perceive them. Uh, because the main problem for us in the Arab world is that people don't know the value of the originality they have in, in anything. Like when it comes to the souks, to the products, to things we eat, to things we, we use, the pro uh, like uh, language. Um, uh, we value all of these differences and somehow we love when we go to an Arab country and we, we explore these differences because they are nuanced, they are not like exotic versus Western. Uh, this is not the relationship that we are interested in. We are more interested in like within our culture how much we can explore um, originality and look into the details of what makes these people different and what makes them behave differently or have different manifestations and like social manifestations and how they have a different behavior um, through these small incidents. So this is what we enjoy the most and this is why we love going regionally and meeting these people. This is where I think the future is really holding a lot of opportunities by these interactions that uh, have a lot of potential but uh, uh, they were not really explored a lot so and this is happening now regionally there's a lot of awareness of each other's uh, like instagram for example like we all know um, what's happening in the arab world we all know what's happening in dubai who are the people doing something in amman uh, in beirut and in uh, palestine and tunis uh, you know there's a lot of beautiful places to go to so uh, and to know what's happening and what these people perceive these common things in their own way so uh, I think for now we're going to really focus on the regional more than the international. But we might go to Brazil, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we met the Studio Lampejo, uh, like a beautiful studio that we met in Dubai. Mm -hmm. And they are from Brazil. Uh, and we fell in love with these people. Like they do a lot of similar things. We share a lot of uh, similar approach to things. Mm -hmm. So we might do an exchange program. And right now we're we're building the the program. We are trying to look for funders and uh, possible funding opportunities to be able to do this exchange program. And yeah, we're gonna have a lot of Brazilian coffee in Beirut. <laughs> <laughs> we're really looking to to do something with these people because somehow there's somehow a connection, like uh, that. Even if it's not related to culture, uh, it's related to to the approach of what, of what we believe in and why we do what we do. So uh, some connection can happen magically and there's no harm in that. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm definitely gonna try to hear more about that, yeah. how that goes.
you know, you talked a little bit about what you envision for Warak, hopefully in the future, step by baby steps. But what about for you? Like, what are you working on? Yeah, um, yeah if you can share a little bit with us. So, uh, like, mainly after doing all of these things and when you're constantly seeing other people, um, you get a bit, uh, like, there's a conflict con constantly between the possibilities that you can do because you're someone who taps into so many dis disciplines and every time there's um, a, a collective interest in one thing, you feel you want to move somehow or slide uh, towards this um, uh, this potential project. But uh, for me personally, like I'm mainly interested in illustration and animation. Uh, and if I want to be more specific into creating my own films and animation, like uh, really directing my own films and executing them. I, I don't really like, uh, when it comes to personal films, to have other people executing my idea or like me directing and just build up a chain. <clears throat> I see it more of an, a personal intimate discovery of the medium, of, uh, because for me the medium will inspire me, shape the idea as well, take a lot of uh, decisions that don't have to be taken at uh, early stage. It's, it's a constantly growing and uh, organic process that needs to be updated every day. So when it comes to my personal work, I'm, I'm like looking more into developing more short films. We tried to do it through Studio Kawakab, which is our uh, visual art studio that we established two years ago. Uh, so we try to uh, to do even more in, uh, initiatives or like more initiated projects, like short films. And somehow, for now, it it's happening through collaborations with other institutions, like we did the short film with MSF, Doctors Without Borders. Uh, and we're constantly working on projects that, with other institutions and other um, foundations that work in the creative field or in the humanitarian field. Uh, so we don't have this bipolarity by working in so many different things in order to survive as human beings as well. Um, so these experiences, like these short movies where I'm able to experience my own approach to animation, animation and filmmaking, I'm building more and more understanding of what I really want to do in like the next two years of the kind of short films I want to create because uh, you don't like I didn't really develop um, the filmmaking uh, approach to a very professional level where I really took all my time to create only movies. Uh, this was very hard with everything I'm doing because it needs a lot of focus. So I'm ready now in, in like two years to dedicate some years to actually create really a short film or a feature maybe. But let's say short film to, to keep that excitement. <laughs> uh, so um, and to even dig more into possibilities in animation and filmmaking. Like I love these mediums and how complex they are and I love narratives like for me, the best thing is to create, to, to create a narrative, like to create something new, to create a story, to create a certain dynamic between characters that uh, you believe they can exist. And uh, it's a beautiful medium. So for me, I still have a lot of things to explore and hear. 
and this is where I see myself going in, in like uh, future years or like the upcoming years is by developing more the filmmaking aspect. And thematically, like what do you tend towards, I don't know, exploring maybe? I'm very much interested in uh, like oral history and like things that we constantly share. Like I'm very interested in knowing more about my village for, for example, because I always find it fascinating, the kind of stories and how the characters are so original. Like, already I wrote uh, a script about this part. I come from the Bika, from Dar al-Ahmar, which is a very, like, dry neighborhood. Uh, so, and the people there are, like, they have this very um, dry accent and attitude, but they have very warm hearts. So, for me, I'm very interested in these creatures, if you want, like uh, they are my ancestors and my, my family, and I still find them strange, like I'm still trying to understand. So for me, through understanding these behaviors, I'm, I'm building directly a narrative in my head, because for me, the narrative is an exploration, is a series of questions that you ask yourself, and I'm pretty much interested in what is closer to me and in, in my origins and my where I come from, this rural aspect, um, uh, the different kind of dynamics they created in the society, the survival mode that they did in such a deserted area, and the kind of attitudes they build. Like if you sit with them, they are the funniest people ever. <laughs> So, uh, and, they, and they grow hashish, and they grow so many things. So they found like very weird ways of, of, uh, of surviving that I'm very interested in exploring because it's something, something closer to me than any other topic that I might take a long time to really imagine what kind of topic I want to dig into. No, I find um, that uh, the closer to me, the, the more interesting for me because I'll be really... Uh, doing something more personal and this is uh, gonna make me more and more excited so this is somehow the thematic thing it's more the direction and where I dig um, into so yeah well thank you so much David those are my questions but I mean if you want to add anything I want you to tell people you know the website where to check things out what you might have coming up so um, I want to thank you as well for the interview. It was really nice to have coffee with you. Um, and um, for, uh, for people to check things, like they can go to warak.org. Warak is with a Q, so W-A-R-A-Q.org. Uh, this is the website, and we're mainly constantly active on Instagram uh, most of the time if they want to check updates. Uh, and they can check Studio Kawakib as well on uh, on Instagram, Studio Kawakib, K-A-W-A-K-E-B. And uh, yeah, like I would uh, mention uh, the people I work with because uh, they, uh, like we do everything together and I owe so many things to them. Um, there's Hassan uh, Nakhal, Christina Skaf, and we work together in Studio Kawakib. Uh, and there's Ashley Sher, uh, the four of us, we're in Wara, and uh, the other members of the committee, like uh, Jana Trabulsi, uh, Karma Tame, Rajwa Tame, and all the other people who helped a lot, the artists who were part of all the projects uh, and who made this happen. So yeah, thank you very much.